It's Thursday, August 24th, 2017. I'm Herbie Newell, and this is the Defender Podcast, a daily encouragement to mobilize and equip the body of Christ to manifest the gospel to orphans and vulnerable children. This daily podcast is a ministry of Lifeline Children's Services, and I'm coming to you from Birmingham, Alabama. Well, today we have the privilege of getting to meet with and talk with one of our dear, dear team members, Lily, who has been working with Lifeline since late 1999, so almost 18 years. And uh, many times I have told orphanage directors and those in China that truly she is our pearl of China. She has such a deep and rich love for all of these children, for uh, every single child that she comes in contact with. I have seen her uh, in tears over just heartbreak, over children's conditions, as well as absolutely determined that we were going to do whatever it needed to be done to make sure that this child was able to have a forever family. And so, you know, in the early days when Lifeline partnered with Lily, almost every single one of our families got to meet her and get to know her and see her heart and her love. And and I feel sorry for a lot of those families now because they don't get to meet her, but she is still working tirelessly behind the scenes and, and does so much to make it possible for these children to come home to their forever families. So, since she's in the States right now, we thought we would take the opportunity to allow others to get to know her better and even understand the crucial role that she plays at Lifeline. So Lily, thank you for being here and just just start and talk a little bit about how did you first become involved in adoption and orphan care in China? Hey, uh, I'm Lily. I'm a Chinese and uh, too bad I don't have that uh, Southern English accent here. <laughs> So I feel kind of like sorry, but I will try my best. <laughs> At least I say hi, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, I started, you know, to do this adoption work from many years ago, uh, which is around 1991. And I just, uh, you know, got involved in this by, uh, I call the accidents, you know, like by brought, you know, uh, to this program uh, with a, uh, American guy who told me he had a group and needed someone to do the translation for. Uh, at that time, I didn't know anything about adoption, but, but I think I thought, you know, this is just a fun, you know, trip for me to, uh, work with some American and then, you know, practice my English, you know. So, uh, I said, why not? So I went there and met the group, but, uh, Due to some special reason, uh, of course it's not mine, but from the U.S. part, uh, something happened to that group. It was not a good um, beginning, and because then those family got faked file, uh, children without even uh, existed, and they were start stuck at China at the local city. Um, I couldn't reach anybody in U.S. to help them. And I was there just, you know, trying to figure out what to do. Uh, but later on, I learned so much during that trip, you know, from the local uh, orphanage people, from government people. They were so great to help me, to help those family. And uh, even that couple weeks trip, eventually, we helped, you know, those families to finally adopt the children from China. And... Uh, it was the beginning. It was not quite pleasant, but uh, I guess, you know, maybe that's a good thing for me to 
from the beginning to realize this is not ever be an easy job. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think that's a good. Maybe that's a good thing for me. Always expect something very bad.、Um, so that's a start for my、um, adoption. You know, profession, and, and、uh, for children care. I think、uh, that's really. I will say that's really、uh, a good thing for Lifeline to have this、mm. partnership. Before we got partnership, I only knew some foster home in China who helped orphanage、mm-hmm. to do the children orphan care.、Um, however, how, however, I I went to visit them, but.、Uh, I didn't really connect it with those children because I feel like、uh, you know somebody you know were there to taking care of them, and I could tell they were in very good shape. But because I didn't see them before they went to the foster care, so it didn't really make me feel something you know like oh this is something maybe everybody deserve every child deserve. But since we got this partnership, I still remember the first time we went to Maoming、mm-hmm. together, and so we saw those children,、mm-hmm. and we started to、uh, trying to decide it. You know, some kids needed. You know, after our doctor、mm-hmm. uh, medical trip, we started to feel something. You know, in the orphan, those children couldn't be, you know, taken care of by only by the orphan. And we started to think about as an agency, we started to think about. What kind of help we can do for those children、mm-hmm. to get extra help, and I think that's the beginning for me to get involved really into this、uh, orphan care.、Mm-hmm. And、uh, of course, after we got、uh, the first, you know, home in in Zhangjiang,、mm-hmm. that's a huge difference. We saw the kids before they went to the first home. We saw how change they got every day. We saw how they did after they being adopted from China. Like what you know, what kind of situation they got, you know, during that you know foster care program. So I think that's totally,、um, really bright my mind to know this kind of orphan care is so important and is so necessary. So I think that's my experience so far. And I love hearing that story again. And I remember one of the first times you told me even about your first adoption and how you got called in the middle of a messy situation.、Yeah. And、uh, you know that is just such a a great picture of what you've done for so many kids, Lily. Because it's all messy, right? And、yeah. it's all hard. And the thing I love about Lily is that she never says never, and she never <laughs> quits. And、uh, that's such a a great asset that these kids have is someone that's on their side, never going to quit. And so, for all of the families, just to know that heart you see for the partnership and the orphans and the the children in these care and this never say die, never quit is something that she does each and every day. And so, talk a little bit about what you're doing behind the scenes and what does a normal day look like for you in China or even here when you're in America.、Um, in China, my schedule is very、um, unroutine because both my children are older, so I don't really need to spend lots of time to. Worry about them, so I get up in the morning. Of course, get my coffee first. <laughs> <laughs> in in the、uh, usually, I check the email 
uh, before I go to office and make sure if there's any emergency, I need to make calling or take care right away. If not, I just, you know, eat breakfast and go to the office. Um, and then usually in the morning, I like to process more with the American side because, you know, before you go to bed, I want to email you or talk to you or left message to the American people side and then make sure we have, you know, uh, enough communication about what's going on for your daytime. And then so I know what I need to help in China side. And then after lunch in the afternoon, my work is made with China side because you're in bed already. So usually I talk to the orphanage, I talk to the government, CCCBLA, uh, talk to different guys in China because we literally have group, travel group every week. So we always have family in China pretty much every week, you know, to adopt. So usually in the afternoon, I like to call them and guide to check how about the adoption situation. And, uh, I think that's pretty much, you know, my schedule every day. I like to stay in office. I hate to have holiday break because I feel like I'm missing something. <laughs> <laughs> so every time, you know, feel very peaceful in my office and I feel like everything is, you know, there, I feel in control. <laughs> that's very important. Mm. Yeah. And so you have obviously worked with adoptions for a long, long time and you know, for most people don't even realize you were doing adoption before there was anything called the CCCWA right. and there was a formalized system, you know, so I, I know you haven't kept a, a tally for every child yeah. that you've helped, but if you had an idea about how many, how many adoptions do you think you have had a part of since you started this, what, 26 years ago? Yeah, more than that, from <laughs> 91. Yeah, in, uh, I just, you know, because I just recently I started to go back to look some, uh, you know, family from very, very beginning, you know, and uh, trying to put a general uh, number together. Mm. It's about three, uh, 3,800 something, wow. yeah, from years ago. Well, <laughs> I'm so, not that old, right? No, not at all. <laughs> so for a very young lady to have seen 3,800 yeah. kids come yeah. home to Forever Families, what a, what a blessing. And so out of that 3,800, I know you have lots of stories that are probably your favorite, but if just one comes to mind... What would you say is just a story that, that just you'll never forget out of that 3,800? I feel like I always have heart for older children. Mm -hmm. That's from the beginning. Of course, in the, um, you know, five or six years ago, um, most of the children were younger in the mild special need. But recently, we, we all know, you know, special uh, need program is growing so much. Pretty much everybody, mm -hmm. right? And then uh, the older children adoption started to grow. I know older children adoption is so difficult and so complicated. Like each case is individual case. They're not anything same. One family can say, I have such a great experience. Another family can say, I have terrible experience. I think this is just like marriage. Nothing, mm -hmm. not any marriage is the same. It's between, because it's always involved two party, you know? Mm -hmm. And then for adoption, it's the same thing. You involve the whole family and then you involve a child. Mm. So it will be always different, always complicated, always not easy. Mm. But I, I do have that heart for the older children adoption because I have, I feel like they, first of all, they have less chance. Mm. Uh, second of all, I think because they have this 
better understanding than babies, you know. Um, their emotional uh, development will need more um, a healthy mm. environment. So uh, I always remember a lot of older children, even from years ago. And uh, I remember that older girl, you know, we accidentally found out from a New Hope journey mm. trip. We thought it's no way. And um, I remember, you know, the boy we met during another trip and like uh, nobody even paid attention mm. to him. And he was there just playing by himself. And we walked to him and just said, do you think you would like to talk to us? And he was so shy. And then, you know, because then the director told me the reason why he was shy because he's one leg got special needs. So we just said, okay, never mind. And he didn't want to walk because it's embarrassed him in front of people to show his special need. And then so we started to sit down and play with him and talk to him. And then literally we found out, you know, he was such a charming boy. He showed us what he wrote about in the school. The article he wrote is just beautiful. And we tried, you know, we, we, we told the orphanage director, we, we told him, we said, we, we didn't, we cannot guarantee. He was like about a couple months aging out. And, um, and we did it. We got him such a great family, and uh, I think I met him uh, right before his surgery. One time we went to see him in, in the hospital uh, before his surgery, and then, like, I mean, he's a totally a normal boy, active, you know, very happy. And I asked him, do you still remember me? He looked at me just like, uh, who you are? <laughs> but actually, I never feel sad about that. I feel so happy. I feel like... Uh, I don't really want him to remember those things. I just want him to be a normal child. Like he can just run, he can just play with a normal, you know, uh, lag. And then he doesn't really need anything about, you know, what happened with the details. But when I see him, you know, like that, I think everything is really paid. Well, I know that the Lord has paid so many of these stories and the 3,800, there's so many of those that, that we could certainly tell. And what a great opportunity is just to remember the times and the things that we've seen happen and all of these children whose lives are different. And so uh, we are grateful to have Lily here and we are going to actually bring her back for another podcast because we have more questions and things we love to hear from her to get to know her better. But for today, thanks for listening to the Defender Podcast. For more information or connect with me, please visit HerbieNewell.com. To partner with Lifeline, visit LifelineChild.org. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook by searching for Lifeline Child. You can email us directly at info at LifelineChild.org. Beloved, will you allow God to use the gospel through you to impact the life of a child? Please contact us because we are here to defend the followers. We'll see you again tomorrow for the Defender Podcast.